0: Why do we celebrate New Year's on January 1st? Has it always been that? On February 24th, year 1582 AD, Pope Gregory XIII established the Gregorian calendar as the official calendar of the Catholic world. The Julian calendar had been used for centuries, and it was obvious something was off, Uh, By about 10 days, over the centuries, it just became off with the seasons by about 10 days. And so on October 4th of that year, the next day, people went to bed October 4th. They woke up the next morning. It was October 15th. They were recalibrating the calendar. And news of this change spread quickly across Europe with a new calendar. Uh, The new year would now begin on January 1st instead of between March 21st and April 1st, as had been, because uh, previously New Year's was tied to the vernal equinox, uh, the dawning of the new season or the spring beginning. There are many people who did not know of the change and continued to celebrate during that season, and some refused to accept this change and continued to celebrate. And so we have the Fool's New Year's Day, April April 1st and I'm sure I'm sure if you were an atheist you didn't go along with it so that was your New Year's Day until the world got calibrated with this recommended change everything new either comes from something that has never been or something that is old Uh, when a child comes into the world a child has never been but the parents were involved Uh, The earth was without form and void, and creation came out of that nothingness, that voidness, when God spoke, Let there be. For there to be an entrance, there has to be an exit. For you to commence on your new life from high school, you've got to graduate from high school. Hence, the graduation ceremony is also called the commencement ceremony. For you to come here, you had to exit your residence. Exit your car. Exit that room to make an entrance into this room. And so in our text, there is an exiting and an entering that is beginning. Here, Christ has taken on the sins of the world and died to pay for our redemption and risen from the dead, and he's proven himself alive, but he's about to leave. Here in Luke 24, verse 36, says, as they said these things, they were contemplating, you know, did Jesus really rise from the dead or is this just a spirit or people having visions or some angel or some hoax? Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, shalom y'all, peace to you. But they were terrified and threatened and supposed they had seen a spirit. Verse 38, he said to them, Why are you troubled and why do doubts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet, his scars healed from the wounds. And while they still did not believe for joy and marvel, he said to them, have you had any food here? So here's an additional proof of his resurrection. So they gave him a piece of broiled fish and some honeycomb. Who does that sound good to right now? He took it and ate it in their presence. Um, I've not had much fish and honey, but I know fried chicken and honey is real good. (laughs) Gospel bird. Verse 44, then he said to them, these, he ate it in their presence. So a spirit can't do that. So he said, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. If you read Psalm 22, that's definitely a prophecy about uh, what he went through on the cross. He fulfilled these things. And he opened their understanding, verse 45, that they might comprehend the scriptures. They could see him in the Old Testament. Then he said to them, thus it is written and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Now notice verse 49. Behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. So I'm gonna leave. But you guys don't leave too. You gotta stay here. They're within eyesight of Jerusalem being the area of Bethany uh, around the Mount of Olives. Um, wait till you're endued with this promise, power from on high. He led them out as far as Bethany and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. Maybe he did number six, you know, the priestly blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. Now it came to pass while he blessed them that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. So while he's speaking blessing, he begins to ascend. And they worshiped him. Why? He's God. They recognize him for who he is. They worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple, praising and blessing God. Amen. So that's, An ending, And something is about to begin that doesn't become evident until Acts chapter 2, which we won't get into that this morning. We will on another day. Now, Luke also wrote the book of Acts or the Acts of the Apostles or the activities of the Holy Spirit. The book of Acts could be called the second book of Luke. Um, He also wrote it, kind of starts it out the same way. After his introduction, he goes into the story, verse 4, To Israel, he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power, power from on high, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now, when he had spoken these things while they watched, he was taken up and the cloud received him out of their sight. In another place, he predicted his departure And here it is happening. He said, it's needful for you that I go away, for if I don't go away, the comforter will not come. He even said, it is better for you that I go away. Why? Because when he was here in his earthly body, everything was geographically centered on his physical presence. To get to him, you had to go to Galilee or Judea. You had to travel great distances, some people did, to get to him. But now through the Holy Spirit and through multiple members of his body, he is ministering everywhere through us, no longer centered on a specific geographical location. Isn't that good? So that's the beginning of the new thing. But the new thing didn't begin till the ending of the old thing. 2017 did not come till 2016 was over. It's a simple thing point so what i'm going to share today isn't just relating to the new year but i believe it relates to life in general some principles that i believe will enhance your life so i want to wish a happy new life to you the old life is erased it's gone new life has begun in fact new life begins every day Lamentations chapter 3 says the Lord's mercies through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed because his compassions fail not they are new every morning great is your faithfulness always faithful always true isn't that good so here's some truths to contemplate one is God knows the end from the beginning Acts 15.8 says, known to God from eternity are all his works. Isaiah 43 verse 9 says, remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. So just like a wise builder, when God does something, he starts with a plan. No wise builder just takes off, well, I believe I'll lay some foundation today and tomorrow I'll build some walls and maybe Saturday, if I feel like it, we'll nail some shingles on. No, there is a plan, there's a structure, there are steps of action in place. And so when you build, you start with an end in sight. Christ was the lamb slain before the world ever was. Revelation said he's a lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So before the world began, Christ began, uh, God began with his intent, Christ, to die for the sins of the world. Then he backed up to the beginning, leaving steps for us to walk in, and establish his creation. So when the fall of man happened, God didn't go, oh, no, let's have a committee meeting. What are we going to do? Jesus, would you please go and do something about this mess? No, it was the plan. He knew what would happen would happen so that he could implement this plan. Why? He's building for him a nation of people that will love him and serve him based on their choices. He empowers them. Not because he's got them chained, not because we're automatized, but because we've been redeemed, we've got a reason to love him. And uh, heaven will not become earth too because it will be populated with people whose hearts have been captured by their Savior and Redeemer, the risen Lord Jesus, who was slain before the world ever was in the plan of God, carried out in Jerusalem centuries later. So that was the beginning, that was an ending, the completion of the vision, which began a new mission, the dawning of the day of the church of Jesus, of which we are a part. Aren't you glad to be part of that? And we're going somewhere too. One day there's coming an ending. There's a judgment day coming. In fact, at this Mount of Ascension, angels appear and predict his return. This same one who you've seen go away, Will come back like he went away, which means he left bodily. He's going to come back bodily. So don't let somebody lie to you and say Jesus came back in 1943 or something. No, he hasn't come back yet, but he is coming back. Judgment day is coming. Till that day comes, we've got a new day to walk in. Amen. And so this is a principle. that we've got to remember, God knows the end from the beginning. He doesn't go into shock. If he's angry, he's angry for our benefit. Thank God his anger is but for a moment. With God, endings become beginnings. Isaiah 43 goes on to say, do not remember the former things. Now, previously in verse 10, he said, remember the former things. And then he tells why. I'm God and I don't change. There's nobody like me. But then everything else, he says, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will make a road in the wilderness, a road where there's no road, and rivers in the desert, a place where there's never any rivers. He's going to do these new things. It's his promise. So what in your life has come to an end? And you've said, it's all over. No, it's not all over. Just that part of your life is over. Now you've got the rest of your life. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. You got the rest of your life to end. Maybe you're in a season of mourning like I am. Thank you so much for the flowers, the gifts, the outpouring of love, the cards, the handwritten letters and notes. Uh, they're, they're, They're awesome. I never understood the value of those things until I was on the receiving end. Pretty powerful. Thank you for your love for us. So maybe you two are in a season of mourning, the ending of something good. Don't want to erase your season of mourning. You can't rush through it. You just can't. Just embrace it and let it happen as it happens. But know this is sure. You have a future. Your life's not over. You're still here. Maybe something horrible has come to an end. Thank God in Greyhound, she's gone or he's gone or it's over. You're not over. Comedian said it's not over till you know who sings, and somebody saw her down at Jeannie Craig the other day.
1: So things haven't turned out as you hoped. Life took a turn, a bump a darkened sky, and at times it may have seemed there was no hope, but here's the good news. Our God is the God of fresh starts. Our God is the God of new beginnings. Our God brings new mercies, new compassions, not just once a year, not just when things are bad, but every single morning. This season has been tough. And for many of us, things will never be the same. But we are here, breathing, maybe smiling, or crying, or shouting, or laughing, but we are here, feeling, maybe fighting, or cheering, or seeking, or grieving, but we are here. Living. And we are not alone. Our God is here. Our God is with us. And our God is the God of new creations.
0: God recreates us. He makes us new. That means old things have died. All things have become new. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5.17, he or she is a new, can we say new? New creature, new creation. Old things have already happened, passed away. They're not dying. They're already dead. You need to take that into account, my My old life is over. Behold, all things, everything, have become, not going to become, it has become new. Now, here's the thing. Many times we don't walk in the newness God has for us. In water baptism, we are uh, acting out what Christ did for us on the cross. He died for our sins and was buried and rose from the dead. We are buried uh, we bury our old person, our old past in a watery grave and rise up to walk in what the Bible calls the newness of life. We have become new, but if you don't believe it and, and, and live like you believe it, you're not going to experience the fullness of it. To embrace new living, we, enra- we erase old living. A lot of churches will be reading this today, New Year's Sunday, Philippians 3.13. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, can we say one thing? Forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You cannot go forward if you're going backward. You cannot drive safely looking out the rearview mirror. There's a reason the rearview mirror is smaller than the windshield. We learn from the past, but we still have a future ahead. You cannot retreat and live the rest of your life in seclusion, afraid of risking making a mistake. Things happen. You cannot take the full blame for all the hardships in your life. God God carries some responsibility. He knows stuff, and he walks us through stuff and allows us to make mistakes but to blame yourself all the time. Jesus died on the cross for my sins against myself as well as the sins of others against me. Receive the fullness of what the cross has done to put an end to the past so that we can live for the future. And one day God will make everything new again. Revelation 21:5. he who sit on the thro- sitteth on the throne setteth, behold, I maketh all new things neweth. And he saith, Right, for these words are faithful and true. What words? I make all things new. Look, realize this. I make all things new. One day there'll be no more tears, no more sorrow, no more shame, no more pain, and no more death, and no more loss, no more disappointment. But between here and then, we've got some stuff to walk through. So let the past be the past. Stop pining for a better past. That's a waste of time. You know, today will be past tomorrow. And if you spend time today focusing on all your regrets, then tomorrow you're going to regret today. So if you want to live a life free of regrets, stop doing things that you regret that you will regret tomorrow, like focusing on all your regrets. All right, I think you got the message. (laughs) Happy new life to you involves embracing the future but erasing the past. Now, this doesn't mean there's not reconciliation that can take place. This doesn't mean we don't have a, a chore to reconcile with people. Maybe somebody's so toxic you can't be near them there is a time for making room for Jesus. I understand that. You know, somebody's slapping you around and you've turned the other cheek already, don't keep going back for more. Just you know, make room for Jesus in this situation. But guard your heart from having grudges.
1: I was afraid, afraid I guess of failing maybe. I regret all the time I wasted not saying yes to things. It's something I've always wanted to do since I was little. Time slipping away, I mean, that's probably the worst feeling in the world, right? Loads of friends from different walks of life, and it's really hard to keep in touch with everyone.
2: Up until recently, I was homeless. If I hadn't hurt the people that I had, maybe I wouldn't have been.
0: Thank you. <laughs> That's good? Joy right, Enjoy.
2: It feels feels like where I wanna be. It feels like where I wanna go. That it's not my regret anymore. It's hopeful. It means there's possibility.
0: been a few weeks since I've had the honor of speaking at Generations Church. Breaks like that are usually good and Revelation is fresh when I get back up here, but it wasn't the case until yesterday evening. The Lord showed me how deeply I needed to repent. See, my mother was a very loving person. She believed even wrote wrote a poem entitled, If You Can't Love Everyone, You Can't Love Anyone. But my dad's side of the family, we come from a long line of grudge holders, of which I kind of saw myself different from. But in the wake of my father's widowhood now, I guess you could say, widowerhood, And his needs with his aging processes have begun to become very annoyed with him beyond words. So in preparing the word, it's like I had a blindfold on. It's like the scripture was just mud, like I couldn't get anywhere. And sermon preparation is work, but there's a joy in it. The Holy Spirit's helping, you know. But God was kind of like talk to the hand. Until I got on my face and faced the fact I was the worst of grudge holders in the world. Just own up to it. And fully repent. Did joy come? Freshness come? And I think actually a change of life that I needed to come. From time to time, I the last few years, I've encountered God's presence and enjoy Him in worship. But with that always comes an awareness of how hard my heart has been it's like, Lord, where, you know, it's just like He's He reveals to me, I've got a hard heart. Lord, where's this coming from? And, and this was it. Grudge holder. Oh, I would never hold a grudge against you, never hold a grudge against my neighbors, never hold a grudge against uh, a person for their race or or anybody I'd have to confront. I wouldn't hold grudges. I just don't. But somehow within My family, there was this hidden stronghold where I have high expectations of my family and where they don't line up, bless God, there's a reason to hold a grudge. James 5 verse 9 came alive, which says, Grudge not one another, lest you be condemned, for the judge stands at the door. That's in the New Testament, James 5, 9, check it out sometime. When I repented, such joy and peace came, and the study just just began to flow. So it's my heart that if anybody here, you know, maybe I'm the only one in Granbury, but if there's anyone in generations, you know, you've got an issue with grudges, or or maybe how about this? There's some people in your family that have problems with grudges. Chances are, if that's the case, you may too but you've justified it because it's your family. It's almost like the Word of God applies to everybody else but not the people at home. Not in the people in your place of origin. Those rednecks, bless God, better line up with the truth. It's my prayer that you have a happy new year, not because you've been to a great party or enjoyed a great meal, or got everything you wanted for Christmas, but you have a happy new year because you have been set free from holding grudges. So my prayer is, my prayer is before the sun sets down today, do business with God if you've got a problem with grudges, or maybe you have some good reasons to hold some grudges. Maybe somebody's giving it to you right now. I mean, it's hurting you right now. It's not just something in the past. I understand you just got to pray, keep giving your heart to the Lord. Lord, keep my heart soft before you. Do not allow a grudge to get a hold because it will hinder your communion with God and it will be passed down to your children and one day you'll be in in a place of need and be annoying the heck out of your kids because of this grudge thing. So I don't know the ripple effect of this. I'm certainly not putting my word on other people like my life is the template for the world, no. But if the shoe fits, maybe, maybe you're shoeless in that area. Uh, Juana Brookshire is here, and she has a word to proclaim as well for the new year.
2: I was spending time with the Lord this morning, and he said, this is the year of the family. This is the year of the family. And he spoke it to me again and again and again. And I was praying about it. And he said, and this is also the year of health. And I thought he was meaning physical health. And I was praying about it. He said, No, you don't understand. This is the year of health and healing for the family. For the family. So I just want to tell you, it doesn't matter what your family has done. It doesn't matter what they're doing. It doesn't matter what your family has battled. It doesn't matter if your child is a drug addict. If it doesn't matter, it does not matter. This is the year of the family. And the Lord would say, declare. Abraham declared those things that were not as though they were. And the Lord said, don't look at the circumstances. Do not look at the circumstances. Declare it done. Stand in faith and declare health and healing over every one of your family. God says, this is the year of health and healing, and declare it, declare it over your family, get up and declare it every day, so I want to pray that, I want to pray that, Lord, I thank you, and I praise you, Lord, that this, Lord, this is the year of the family, God, you created the family, Father, you created the family to be healed and whole. And Father, we declare that our families are healed. Our families are whole. And Father, we declare health. And Father, we will not let the words of the enemy... accuser of the brethren and father I pray Lord that you seal our mouth when we would declare anything that is not of your plan father this is the year of the family and we declare it so in Jesus name by the shed blood of Jesus
0: amen thank you let's just pray this prayer together oh God in heaven I give my heart to you I give my past to you I give you my present and my future. Reveal to me if there's any grudges that would keep me tied to the past and lock me out from my future. In Jesus' name. Amen. Happy New Year, folks. Happy New Year.
1: Happy New Year.